Welcome back to She Can Talk the Podcast, and I am your host, Colleen A, aka Gongoli MC on Instagram if you want to find out what we're doing musically, or Colleen Eat Wings if you want to see what I'm eating or what I'm cooking. I'm not really cooking a lot lately, but you can still go up there to a couple of HelloFresh, you know, festivities and stuff like that. And We'll be talking about getting ready for the holidays soon to come. So check that out with Colleen Eat Wings. Or if you just want to know about the music, where we're at, where we're going to be going. If you want to book us for shows or if you want to submit music for consideration to the label, you can go over to doerecords.com. That's D-O-E records.com. Hey. So how y'all doing? How y'all been? The last time I seen y'all, I was hype off the Barrington Levy. You know, um, well, look at me. Off the Super Cat versus Icon. But to me, I feel like the star player was Barrington Levy. We won't go into that. If you want to check out the episode before this one, you can get into all of that. Now, I will say, I fumbled the ball. I did not come right back with the KRS-One versus a Big Daddy Kane. You know, my um, commentary on that. Because I can't front. It took me a minute. I really had to put the right words into perspective. I even did like a little... um soul searching if you would say to say like um really what do I want to say because some people might not agree with me when I give you my opinion on who won the battle but I'm going to give you my reasonings I'm not just going to say because like I told you on last episode I have horses on both sides of the fence like I'm you know I love both of them I'm a big fan of both of their music Big Daddy Kane and KRS-One I grew up to them you know I had the opportunity to dance with Scoob and Scrap Lover back in the days in Brooklyn. I told you, like, you know, that was a thing. It was either rapping or dancing or both. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to rap on stage with KRS-One, and I beat a, um, I won the MC battle at a Norfolk State home and coming in when I was, like, you know, in school back in the day with KRS-One. So, and he also gave me some wise words of wisdom that I still use to this day, and I still apply to this day, right? So, to me, I felt like... You know, I'm just happy to see a hip hop event of, you know, two legends showcasing their talents and showcasing their discography, you know, their portfolio. But I will say, in my honest opinion, humbly, respectfully, Big Daddy Kane won the versus battle. If And I'm not talking about, you know, oh, this one had so much more songs than this one. This one had a continued discography. We're talking about a 20 hits, right? And then on top of that, to me, I felt like a part of all of these versus battles is because they're legends, right? Showcasing their skills. So it's also it's interesting to see how the music stands up over the test of time, in my opinion. So now don't get me wrong, right? But, um, you know, I was just, you know, thinking about how to put this. And so I want to put it once again, my disclaimer is respectfully because I respect the legends and I have nothing but love for the both of them. But the reason why I say that Big Daddy Kane ultimately won the Versus episode to me is because he, his music was able to display the ability of lasting the test of time. And then he, as an MC, in my opinion, also showed the ability that he is lasting and he's standing the test of time as an MC. He kicked trap you know, something over a trap beat. He did, you know, a freestyle over like, I think it was like LL Cool J's beat. You know, he did diversity in addition to what he do, you know. And then, you know, definitely KRS-One, big up to KRS-One, he's always going to do the elements of hip hop. So he initiated it by bringing out, they both had DJs. We know that's one element. He brought out the break dancers, the B-boys. You know, he had different artists come and, you know, collaborate. Both of them did on both sides. It was, it was really dope on both sides of the camp, right? But to me, I just feel like <clears throat> KRS-One, you know, the one of his biggest classics that I was a, a squirt in the house taping rap songs from DJ Red Alert, you know, on Saturday night, right? And you hear this song, come on. But The Bridge Is Over, which is immediately, you already know, like for us from the Bronx, that's that's a, that's a classic. That's an anthem for us, right? From the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx. Grew up, born and raised. And he's Jamaican, like myself. So, you know, the dee dee da dee 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 day Well, I totally resonate. It resonates with me, like on a thousand, on a level of thousand, right? So, but, you know, like I said, standing the test of time. With time, perception change. With experience and just life, you know, your thoughts on things change, right? So it was a 
line in his song where he said, um, Roxanne Shantae is only good for steady fucking, you know? So now if you hear the whole song in the contents, he was like, um, I'm telling you right now that you really ain't nothing. MC Shannon, Molly, Marl, something, you only bluffing. Roxanne Shantae is only good for steady. Uh-uh. You know, so it kind of went with the rhyme scheme and the cadence of what he was doing. Then he, it was a battle song. You were battling. So he has to go and, you know, grime out all of them. But, you know, to me, I just felt like going back to those lyrics, right? The harshest person that received the harshest criticism, in my opinion, was Roxanne Shantae. And if you think about it, she was the youngest at the time. She was like 14, 15 years old and just a victim of her society. Let's not forget about that because it was R. Kelly's before R. Kelly. So I digress with that. Right. But um, you could say like MC Shannon, Molly Mall only be bluffing, you know, so-and-so be fronting. Roxanne Shantae is only good for steady fucking like, you know, the you know, so yeah, back then, of course, as still to this day, the worst thing you could say about a woman, especially a female MC, you know, if you're battling, etc. However, it didn't step to me. I just feel like the, the lyric didn't stand the test of time, meaning that just the way people are today, right? Just the way people are thinking, the things that people have been through, especially the last year and a half that people have been through, or two years at this point that people have been through, right? And, you know, you just kind of look at things differently. Now, did that make me say, hey, no, I don't like KRS One? No, I love KRS One. So don't ever get that twisted. I respect him. He's a legend. But um, another reason why I say he didn't win, in my opinion, was because his live performance, like, you know, if it was a thing that maybe he, they would have like, you know, had a, a play, like, you know, like the old school, I don't know when Steve Harvey and I think it was like earth, wind and fire, somebody like did their show. They, they put, but I can't even say that cause they performed too. So everyone really performed, but in the early stages of verses, it was more so playing the song, like track for track. People would like be in their car. People would like be in the studio or have their, you know, the iPhone plugged up to Instagram going live to just go track for track. And that's how it started out. So maybe if they were doing like a track for track and not a performance per performance, maybe then my, I, you know, my opinion would be different about who won the verses. Right. But big daddy Kane, he had stage presence. He, you could hear every word he was saying, amazing breath control. I mean, this, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's in his fifties, close to 60. I don't know. I don't want to put age on a man like that, but I know he's older because he was rocking at 88, you know, and he got the mic in his hand, rhyming, not missing a beat, jump off the stage, continues rhyming, goes into the crowd, turns around, jumps back on the stage with one hand, still rhyming with the other hand, with the mic in the other hand, not missing a beat losing no breath to me that's standing the test of time you know when um krs1 performed now on the other hand it was like he was yelling a lot of it was muffled um i know he probably was excited because i was excited just you know waiting for the you know the episode to air but um i feel like he might have been overexcited like adrenaline was probably on high that he was yelling you know so you couldn't understand what he was saying um, he had like a, um, I get it was a battle, right? And, but not really all these battles are heated. Like the Gucci main one, that was, a was the, they came in expecting some heat. A couple of them, you know, you come in, you know, Monica and Brandy, you, you expect a little heat, right? And they did give a little bit to it or whatever. But then after a while, even I think all parties involved were like, you know what, this is for the love. This is for the culture. And we're going to put our differences aside, right? But, um, and I'm not saying that KRS-One didn't do that because he wasn't like, oh, I'm F you up, Big Daddy Kane. But he, you would have thought it was a boxing match. He definitely did his part to hype it up. Like, there's a battle. Come bring your A game. He's scared to come out. But for me, I just feel like for all the hype that he did do, it didn't equate to the performance that we received. So in my opinion, and then just overall, like, Big Daddy Kane was a chocolate lover back in the day so and probably still today because he does not look bad ladies and gentlemen go check him out big daddy kane on instagram but um yeah like he's a well-dressed renaissance nice black man right so he aged well and back then he was a ladies man so he never really wrote songs you know he might have used profanity but he never really was derogatory towards women like he didn't really 
you know, like, you know, put them in a negative light. He, if you could look at his videos, he's like the king and he might have like a couple of a harem of women or whatever, but he's like, or you see him like opening the door for a lady. Like that's the things I remember about big daddy Kane, right? I'm not really like degraded women in his lyrics or, you know, talking, calling them out their name, like, you know, like that or whatever. Right. He was a ladies man, but a thug, right? That's how I remember big daddy Kane as an artist. And it just transcends well because like it still goes well. Like he's not, Honestly, I can't even say thug because he was always like silk pants, dress slacks, the ill fresh cut with the flat top, with the button down, with the chain. Like Big Daddy King was always on, like nice, always that GQ type of dude. So yeah, it just transcends well. And then in this day and age, it kind of goes over well. So um, it brings me up to something that's okay. I think I'm ready to talk about this episode today because um. I think it was last night or maybe over the weekend because, you know, we just had Halloween and all that good stuff. I know, guys, right? It was like two weeks, but I digress. But anyway, so a lot of stuff has happened, right, in the news. And we're going to be talking about a few of those things as well. But what I um what piqued my interest is say, you know, I do want to talk about the KRS-One and Big Daddy Kane verse on this next episode, which as promised, but I'm ready to talk about it is um what Cardi B said the other day. They, I mean, they tried to drag on Twitter for it or whatever, but in my honest opinion, I agree with her. I completely do. She was like, yo, you know, she said, um, don't nobody want to hear all those bars, bars, bars in the club right now. They want to be uplifted and they want to be turned up and they want to dance and, you know, get hype. Now, I get it. The world we're living in is crazy. It's madness, you know. And like the last thing we really should be thinking about doing is just having a full turn up. Right. But I still feel like music can uplift your spirit and allow you to be free and just change your mood you know so you could be at work and like say for example when I work I like like if I'm doing a task or doing anything like paperwork rise I like to play some chill hop music it just helps me concentrate you know nice mellow jazz with a little bit of boom bap to it no lyrics now some people will be like you're an MC. why would you prefer not to listen to lyrics because sometimes even my own lyrics, like lyrics can clog your brain, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's an, a nice uplifting mellow beat or something, you know, it depends on the mood you're trying to set or the mood you're trying to get into, right? So like I said, for example, if I'm doing administrative work, anything paperwork wise, you know, I need to focus, I'm listening to chill hop, you know? Now, if I say, you know, I want to listen to something different, just depending on what I'm doing, like, oh, I'm this is a turn up, you know, it's Saturday, we're getting ready to, you know, go out for, you know, drinks, whatever, then we play the vibe accordingly. But I do agree, like, if you are going to the club and, you know, that's the crowd you're trying to gear yourself to, you have to keep that in mind and um, make music for them. So with that being in mind, you know, to piggyback on what I was saying earlier and bring it back around to KRS-One and Big Daddy Kane, I agree with Cardi B and I feel like I've seen it with the Versus episode with Big Daddy Kane and KRS-One because Big Daddy Kane was like, is a lover when he raps, you know what I'm saying? He's going to let you know that he's a smooth, you know, dark skinned brother, you know, he's gonna kick it to you, kick you his stuff, but he's also lyrical, like it's not just about the ladies, he's letting you know. He's a Renaissance man, right? Now, KRS-One, on the other hand, is a is a philosopher. He's a teacher. So he's going to give you more of the lesson, more of the conscious awareness, more of the, um, you know, social social state of affairs, right? And um, think about it. Like, I was listening to, like, as I was watching the show, I was, like, listening to the lyrics. And I was like, damn, these lyrics are relevant today as they were 20, 30 years ago. You know, these lyrics are still relevant. He has a song, Black Cop, how, you know, he listened to the lyrics on that one. You know, so many of them, I think very deeply, you know, South Bronx, you know, so many things that have deep lyrics to them that you'll be like, wow, these are relevant to this day. But then, I mean, if you're in the club, can we really rock to all of them? Now, some people beg to differ. Now, South Bronx, like I told you at the beginning of this, that's a classic. It goes hard. I was just saying to put a different thought in our head, is it that time and life experiences and just doing different things and learning different things change our perspective, perspective, excuse me, on lyrics or, you know, movies we've seen before or anything we've experienced, even things we've done before, you know, because as you get older, you become a little bit more refined, you know? So I know, for example, um, 
I tell you guys this all the time. Like I was wild in my twenties and I'm not talking about like sexually wild or nothing like that, but a combination of things. I was a rap. I'm still a rapper, but you know, I was rapping. I was trying to get on my game or whatever like that. And then, you know, you feel when you feel like you're being, um, cause you know, the industry, as you can see time and time again, is more transparent these days than it was you know, pre-internet, right? Where, you know, you're getting in the, hot, in the hustle. Like, you got to get out there in the streets and sell your CDs. And it's so funny. I saw a meme earlier today and it was like, how many of you are burning CD old? I am. Yes. So you figured it out from there. But I am definitely burning CD old. I remember being like young, you know, burning the CDs, you know, stacking them up. I got my little cousins. Like, we're in there like little child labor laws probably would have grabbed me up and stuff but i'm having their pack of cds putting the covers in there blah 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 we have like a whole little manufacturing and, and develop and producing and manufacturing going on right and i'm selling my cds i'm selling them at shows i'm selling them wherever i'm selling them at the parties it was, it was like my drugs i'm selling it and distributing it and getting that money that honestly was some good times i can't even lie <clears throat> In those days, man, forget working a nine to five because I'd rather travel state to state and perform and have my batch of CDs and my T-shirts or whatever else I'm selling. I remember one time I did a show in Maryland. Like I sold out of everything to the point that the crowd bought the business cards for me for $3. Like I had a stack of business cards and they were like, damn, is the song on here? And I was like, well, the website is and, you know, the links to where, well, let me get that. I was like, all right, bet. So to me, just having like, you know, the tangible stuff is cool. And then also just being able, so I, all that to say, I kind of run off on a tangent real quick, but all of that to say is, um, you know, I understand and I'm still learning as an artist and myself. So I take everything in and I'm moving with so much intention right now that sometimes you have to sit still to make your most intentional move, right? So as I'm sitting still, you're observing, you're learning, you're taking it in. And I just felt like from the versus battle that Big Daddy Kane did his thing because he gave the best stage presentation. He talked no shit prior to the show. You know what I'm saying? And to me, I just feel like that's something that is very important and of paramount importance is um, the shit talkers, you know? Um, I got to back it up, right? So just prepare, be prepared to back it up if you're going to talk shit. And to me, I just feel like the performance was good, but it could have been better. I've been to several KRS-One shows I've performed with KRS-One. So I know his capability, and maybe that's probably what it is. Because I, 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 you know, basically, he's one of the legends in my book, right? So... Everyone has a bad night, you know, so I'm like, ah, oh. and then for him not to have performed in so long and then he's older, I get it. I'm not going to hold it against him, but we still got to go with the technicals. It's like a boxing match, right? Which is another perfect example, like Mike Tyson and I think it was Roy Jones. They fought on Triller. Same type of situation. The versus to me is just like the Mike Tyson Triller boxing fight match type of setup where, you know, um, it was two old, not old, but two retired boxers, you know, who are still good, still can do what they do. And they were not there to do a showcase, like an exposition, an exhibition fight versus, you know, like a real actual 12 round knockout drag out. We're fighting for a belt, et cetera. Right. It was really more so for us to kind of let you guys know, hey, age ain't no more number. We still do our thing. But then also like, look, we can still perform at peak regardless of our age, right? Like to kind of display their potential. So to me, I felt like um, it's the same thing. Like if Mike Tyson would have went out there after he, and Mike Tyson honestly didn't talk a lot of shit during his fight. I want to say it was Roy Jones that was kind of like back and forth on the fence a little bit there. But, you know, Mike Tyson do talk his like, he'll say some crazy, like I'm gonna knock you out. And he's like so serious with his, you know, stuff is scary, but he doesn't give you all the fanfare and the hype, right? That's what I I'm, guess I mean to say. But um, he came out there and he performed. And he said at the end of it, this is to let you know that guys over 50 can still perform at peak rate. We can still box, you know? So to me, I feel like versus is the same thing. It's a ability for the MCs who maybe not be as young as our current artists are, right? But they had their time, they had their shine, and they have the, the records and the awards and the recognition to prove it. And a lot of them are still in peak. A lot of them are probably just hitting their peak physically, lyrically, mentally, you know? 
And it's like, you know, to be known for a classic from 88 for both of them is great, right? But imagine if Big Daddy Kane or KRS-One or maybe them together could come back and hit a trap song. And to me, like, I like drill. You know what I'm saying? To me, like, drill is probably, like, the new thing that I like. You know what I'm saying? I guess because it just reminds me of jungle music from the UK. It reminds me of, like, a lot of stuff from my childhood. I told you I had a weird childhood with a lot of different types of music and genres. So j- drill, to me, brings that back. And what I notice is, like, a lot of the artists that I like that are on drill tend to be Caribbean, even if they're not doing Caribbean music on it. So I kind of feel like it's something with that. I haven't really pinpoint it down if anyone out there knows something about that that could connect that to for me holla at me you know where to find me gongly mc on instagram oh and i never ever 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 tell you guys i got a new instagram just for she can talk the podcast so it is called she can talk the podcast right and it is on instagram as well all of these links all of these stuff also if you just go over to doughrecords.com you can get to all of this as well because you're like damn this chick got like 18 instagrams i only got five but i'm up there right the reason why i did that is um I kind of wanted to make things a little bit more intentional, like the music, like if certain people are just going for the music, I don't want them to be drowned out with um, food pictures, right? And if someone's coming looking for food, and because I have people, like I have a really diehard, you know, loyal food community that I'm a part of, you know, and it's from around the world to the point that when I do travel different places from London to Ireland to Maine, New York, wherever, Virginia... I can like literally find a chef or find some food or, you know, get a recommendation for some, for some good stuff, you know? So, you know, and that's what they do, you know? And honestly, like I tell you, anyone out there listening to me, I want a show on Food Network because I can cook my ass off, like for real, for real. Food is another passion of mine that I love. I love it, love it, love it. And my thing is lately, you know how all year through quarantine, and I'm totally getting off track, whatever, but I don't care. I haven't seen you guys in a minute, so we're talking, right? She can talk, right? That's the name of the show. So, um... You guys know last year, you know, as far as on the clean wing side, I've been getting a lot of sauces. I tried like Truff. I tried Capital City Mamba sauce. I had Wawa sauce, Fireman sauce, like so many different sauces out there, right? From people, you know, even Chicken Coop 757. I got to shout out my VA peeps. Like so many different people like send me sauces, tried them out. I put some in an oxtail, put some on my chicken wings, you know, just different things, right? So then I kind of got into a groove now of... um experimenting with my own, not saying making sources, I'm not there. But as far as I feel like not necessarily every dinner has to have a gravy because it doesn't, but some things we can spice it up with a little, you know, like a little mushroom sauce or a little, you know, Dijonet sauce, you know, stuff like that. Right. So that's what I've been doing lately. Just trying different dishes. Cause I'm also still doing portion control and, um, just trying to spice it up a little bit, you know, flavor them up. So that's what we've been doing there. So got off track completely, but anyway, like I was saying about the music, I'm going to go back to, you know, what I was saying about the verses and Mike Tyson peaking interest, you know, and, and showing your peak at a, at a, um, late in life, you know, cause some people are like, Oh, you're over a certain age. You're too old. You shouldn't be doing this. Honey. I see some women. I remember it was a thing like, I guess when my mom was probably like my age, you know, like, you know, women over 35 shouldn't wear mini skirts. And you're like, what? Mini skirts. Ma, if you don't put that damn mini skirt on and show them legs off. So, you know, that's how I feel. Right. So I feel like it's some women. I seen some women that's like 65, 70 that would knock, a 25 year old out the box and knock a physically fit 40 year old that's in the gym every day out the box. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she's in the gym too. Maybe it's a combination of eating healthy, living right and in the gym. Right. But, um, so should that person not wear nice clothes and not show off their body because they're 65 years old and not feel good about themselves and what they wear because they're 65 years old and start dressing their quote unquote age? Nah, I feel like sometimes as you know, like they say with wine, it gets better with age. I feel like we as humans can get better with age and we can maximize our our bodies and ourselves if we really put focus into it, you know? So that's my goal. You know, I'm not going to, um, get on a high horse there, whatever like that. But that's just it too. Like, um, we're all getting older, right? I'm, I'm an MC. I'm an artist as well. I wear many hats, you know, and I just want to be able to be at my peak with everything that we're doing. So as I watch my, um, 
the the legends before me and the artists coming up, you know, younger than me and just watching and seeing what's winning and what's not winning and what's moving me and what's not moving me. It's kind of helping me kind of determine the direction I want to go in. Right. So yeah, overall though, it was a great versus battle. I can't lie. I feel like, um, we need a couple more reggae ones. So Swiss, Holla at me. See, I've been trying to holler at you to see, like, how can I help? What can I, how can I be a part? Like, what can I do to contribute? Where can I send my resume and my credentials? Just because I really, really love verses like that. And I would love to, like, be a part of the team in any way possible. So holla at your girl, for real. Alicia, I'm Aquarius like you. What up? Tell hubby, you know, holla at your girl. But that's a side note. I probably said that last week too or last time. But anyway, I digress. So going, moving on, you know, I wanted to talk about that. And then also with um, Cardi B saying like, yeah, you know, people don't want to hear that. I said, yeah, that kind of is, I guess I agree with her because that's what I was feeling as I watched that verse is like, Everything that Big Daddy Kane hit you with was like upbeat or it was like really smooth but nice. Not saying that Chaos would not hit you with any upbeat stuff because he did. But I think more the content was more down or more serious. So then that kind of changes the tone of the songs, right? So that's what I'm saying as artists. And then right now I had to say to myself as an artist, do I want to... You know, that that's that's the dilemma I'm having. Like, see, I'm even at a loss for words right now talking to you guys about it. And wow, and I can talk. But it's like, do I want to talk about um, the plight? Because we're legit in a plight right now, guys. You know what I'm saying? So do I want to wake up every, you know, do you guys want to wake up every morning as you get ready for work? And you know what you have to deal with daily? And do you want to turn the radio and hear people like me rapping about the plight that we're going through daily? I mean, or something positive and uplifting, you know, like we can make it through. What do you want to hear? Like, that's a question I pose to y'all. Like, this is good. Like, I can have like my own focus group. <laughs> Guys, help me out. As a listening audience, what do y'all want to hear? Do y'all want to hear more um, like music about the realness of what's going on or you know, and I'm, I got something to say about that too, but, or do you want to hear something more uplifting like Cardi B, like some more like party turn up music and get the club going. Now me personally, I do not feel like it has to be party turn up and get the club going for it to be uplifting and upbeat, but I kind of am leaning towards that one, you know, with on Cardi B side with it. Right. That's how I feel. But to also go back and circle back to, um, songs about the plight or songs about the now and the struggle that we're going through, you do realize that some of the most prominent people or people that they might identify as potential threats or leadership get censored quickly. Do y'all realize that? And I'm not just talking about the internet. Let's go back, man. Like, let's go back. Anyone in the time, in any points of history of time, man, beast, whatever you want to call it. If someone sticks out and stands up and speaks for the people and oppose or bring attention or awareness, and I'm not saying don't do it because that's the case, but you do realize that those people, there's like an instant target on them, right? Look at, you know, like in most recent times with hip hop, hip hop, look at Tupac, you know, you know, I'm not gonna say he was the biggest, most like Black Panther leader or whatever like that. He was definitely doing his own thing. But he came from people that were considered radicals in like black, you know, political parties. Right. And these this is where he descended from. And then for him to rise to the point and have a platform to influence not only black people, but all people at large. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Right. So Bob Marley. You know, he's Jamaican, near and dear to my heart. I always say that if I was born back in those days, I too would be a baby mother. But I I digress. But with Bob Marley, same thing. He was a man that, you know, looked one way, but he represented every person. You know what I'm saying? Everyone that came in contact with his music loved him, loved the message, loved what he stood for, and used his music in protests and marches and just to, like, you know, show to represent injustice around the world. So his music speaks volumes for everyone around the world, right? 
and the police tried to assassinate him several times. Um, he died still, in my opinion, under mysterious circumstances. Yeah, they say it was cancer, and you know, you hear so many different stories over the years. I wasn't there back then, so I'm not gonna say like, I know or whatever. But I'm just saying. So even your favorite artist, we have to think about that too. Is it worth it to sacrifice our favorite artist and, you know, sacrifice the things that help us get through these plights, you know, to have them say a broader message? You know, some would say, you know, if they don't know, leave them, leave them and let them find out on their own. Like, you don't have to be the messenger for everyone. Some people would say that. And um, I know why they would say that. It would be more like a self-preservation thing because look at history and look at days of old and look what has happened to artists that spoke out, you know, and that were very vocal. Michael Jackson. I mean, the list goes on, you know what I'm saying? Sam Cooke, the list goes on. And all of them have sketchy stories to them. I said I'm going to start doing some, you know, of these type of um stuff but I'm just saying so that goes again to say like you know is it worth it you know just to even go back and circle back to Cardi B again because I do love Cardi B I don't really have anything bad to say about her I love her glow up I'm actually proud of her she's from the Bronx you know she just kind of reminds me a lot of you know me I didn't strip or nothing like that. I can't, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the come up and then she blew up and she's doing her thing. And it just is inspirational because she came from where I'm from, right? It's a hometown. So to piggyback on what Cardi B said, uh, uh, you know, which is something different because that's another thing. Once you become influential and you are successful and people love you, regardless of whatever you're doing, people are going to listen, right? Cardi felt that, you know, it was her part of her responsibilities to be a positive role model and to discuss politics and to kind of like, and, and, and in my opinion, she had every right to, she's a citizen in America. She's, she has to vote. She's paying taxes. Her kids are being raised here. You know, like everything, like why can't she speak about stuff that's affecting her? Right. But then for someone to insult her intelligence and say, Oh no, stay in your lane. You're a rapper. You don't know nothing about this. How would you say that to me? And I'm the one who's going to be affected by whatever decisions y'all making, you know? So that's why I say like, um, it gets so sketchy and so, um, it gets complicated, like a Facebook status, I guess it gets complicated when you want to be an artist and write that fine line of saying, Hey, I want to be a role model for the people. And I want to show the people that I'm conscious and I'm aware. Right. But then on the backside of it, yo, people, you don't understand, like, you know what I'm saying? I did, like, last year I did a song, and I think I told you guys this before, too, but this was what made it real for me. Look, I'm stuttering, I can't even say it, but a year ago, whatever, you know, I do a lot of music in France, a lot of my music is overseas, Europe, etc., and a lot of producers I work with, love them all, bonsoir, comment allez-vous, you know, I always like to shout them out. And um, did a song with DJ Yas last year with Strike, um, with Duce Tum, and it's called Lemon on Control. If you go back a few episodes, you can definitely hear the song. Go on YouTube, it's still streaming now, right? And so I just like highlighted my verse part and, you know, put some pictures to it, like a little picture video. Because I was like, wow, I wrote this song a year before the pandemic, right? And then the pandemic hit, well, not a year before, but it was really like a right around where you like, December, January, where you started hearing about the coronavirus, but you didn't know it was going to be what it was, what it is today, right? So you're hearing about it and people was making jokes about it, but you weren't really like taking it serious at the time. So I was just like hearing it passing. I'm writing a rhyme here on the news. I'm like, oh yeah. And then a couple other things I put in there, like Tiger King wasn't even out. None of that stuff, you know? So I'm thinking about like when I said, um, um, taking trips just to kill, um, to, um, taking, killing animals just to take a portrait because in Europe they do that. People fly to Africa, people fly to different parts of safaris in different countries to kill wild animals as minding their business, running free just to take a picture with it, to come back and hang it over their fucking desk, you know what I'm saying? In their office and shit. So that stuff, you know, I was, you know, exposed to that stuff recently at the time when I wrote that. Right. So all of that was in there, but you know, timing is everything, you know, Tiger King came out a couple of other things. I could put a couple of pictures to it, which kind of made the lyrics more intense. You can go on Instagram and check it out or whatever. But I'm gonna tell you like this. I will say like this. 
I notice a decrease in stuff in my activities, just startly go, cause they hit me up and they were like, we hope that you're not trying to like basically incite the community, like basically incite it right in the community by me talking about, you know, like, Hey, we're in a pandemic, you know, people, uh, you know, wasting money on frivolous things like killing animals for portraits while people are out here dying, right? And people are hungry. So because I said that and that type of stuff in my lyrics, they shut me down immediately, you know? And I was like, wow, that's crazy. But if I was talking about, you know, my pussy, my pussy, my vagina, my tit, they would, it would like shoot to the top, shoot to the top. Or if you're talking about you know, being an opponent to someone and showing opposition and, you know, you're going to shoot to the top, shoot to the top. Why? Because that's the stuff that they promote. That's the stuff that they are selling chaos and war. Right. But, um, it's other ways that we're going to have to use to combat it. And I don't think that putting your favorite artists, I don't care what, what genre it is on the front line to, um, take the fucking sacrificial, spear of martyrship is the way to go I think that um it was more like um strength in numbers and I think that it's just period people are gonna have to come together you know because just looking for example like Dave Chappelle you know shout out to Dave Chappelle you know what I'm saying like I love Dave Chappelle that's never gonna change and in my opinion you're gonna hear it here first I love people in the LGBTQ community you know I don't like to go all the deep end but you know in the gay community i have much love and respect for you all just like i know you guys have much love and respect for us in the black community but what dave Chappelle was trying to say is do we you know do is it an equal respect and then outside of us being against each other side by side looking up at whoever else can make a decision about our welfare and beings and and just living like taxes etc do they respect black people as much as they respect gay people. No, because you already know, we already know, we see what happens. And it's like, all Dave Chappelle was saying is like, you can shoot a black man and kill him. It doesn't matter what he was doing. You know, if he was on the right side of the law or the wrong side of the law, he's a black man, but you can shoot him and kill him. And it'll just be just water in the bridge. But if you go after someone in the gay community, in the most recently Asian community, or just, of course, white people, then it's going to be heightened and, you know, and an alarm. Like, look at the other day, Gabby Petito went missing. Like, she, you know, Colossal and I were sitting here solving the whole damn case ourselves. We was like, hold up. It could be a serial killer. It could be so much stuff because so many people are missing currently and ironically have started to be, their bodies being found since the Gabby Petito missing case all in that same area or like all along like a certain mile radius, you know, of, you know, travel on that side of the States. Coincidental. I don't know. Is it something in the air? Make people kill you when you go up in the mountains? I don't know. I'm not trying to find out, but the funny, not funny, but the crazy thing is it was an Asian girl. It was two lesbian girls. It was a handicapped black guy. It was um, a couple, which was an Asian woman, um, a white man and their kid, their baby and their dog. Several different incidents of people that that died just mysteriously out there. You know what I'm saying? Or And have been missing. And their families are looking for them and trying to figure out what happened to them. Some people, you know, I guess in recent, you know, come, you know, coming weeks up to whatever they discovered with Gabby, they found other bodies. So it just leads me to believe were you ever even looking, you know what I'm saying? Think about that. Were you even looking? And that goes back to, um, gosh, I don't even know what the hell it was, but it was something talking about like, you know, missing white women syndrome, where as long as, you know, it's going to be a big headline, it's going to capture the world. If it's a missing white woman, but it's so many missing, you know, women of color daily that do not get that treatment, you know, and do not get that. And if it, and in addition, not going to say forget, but in addition to the women of color, there's so many men and children and old people. And, you know, just so it just the list goes on, you know, so it's like what's good for the goose should be good for the gander. If everyone is fucking missing, look for everyone. 
you know so that's what i'm saying it just is just so much to it so much so so much right so um you definitely would need the platform to first of all have people listen and then when you have the platform you still got to be mindful like you know and i'm just I, I, this is one of them episodes where i'm just kind of letting it all out like i really don't like I definitely wanted to follow about the KRS ones. I'm happy I did that. But then the rest of this is just kind of things that in the last two weeks here, I've been really trying to formulate and kind of put into words some episodes. And I legit, I told you guys, I have a list and I'm going on this list here. And this is episode is the rest of this episode besides KRS one and that you know segment about verses is not part of this list. It's just like things that has been happening at a rapid pace. So I'm just kind of shooting it off, all off to you, or whatever. But um. Yeah, I just feel like it's been a lot of crazy things that has been happening. And it's like when you ask someone to speak up about it, you're really asking them to put their life on the line. You know, like we've seen a lot of the Black Lives Matter protesters go missing and people getting swooped up in vans and stuff like that. You know, you've seen um, just people speaking on a different, you know, levels or speaking out adversely against whatever going against the grain, going against the norm, or just having their own opinion that differs. Once people start latching on to that opinions, it's crazy. You can, you know, so many different things, but you just look it up, so many different things. So it, I understand it because I even like with Cardi B, when she started talking about politics, I remember Candace Owens just tried to rip her apart, you know, and I'm like, wow, she ripped this woman apart like she doesn't have a voting right here. And she doesn't pay taxes here. To me, I feel like that should be enough to make you want to, if you're concerned with politics and you want to see where your money's going, you have a right to ask. Look at those people that stormed the Capitol. They, I think Cardi B's doing a lot better than them, right? But they're very passionate about their country and their government and what's, what decisions are being made on their behalf, right? So why can't Cardi B? That's what I'm just saying. But I know recently she said, I'm not going to talk about politics no more because the backlash I received on that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, we, you know, why are you not talking about that? And as fans, we put pressure on our favorite artists. Like, you need to be addressing this. You need to be speaking more deeper. But maybe some of them have tried it and been censored. Maybe some of them have tried it and got backlash. You know, like, it's always, and that's something that I've learned from being a consumer and being an artist, you know, I see it from both sides, you know, so some things we don't see on the back end, you know, like, you don't really know what can possibly be, like, why is, you know, like, I, I think I saw something when Megan dropped this most recent album, Megan Thee Stallion, her most recent album, and it was like, we were looking for a more in-depth, you know, project from Megan like she got shot in both her feet she had the whole Tory Lanez thing her mom's passing her grandmother's passing all of this balancing while in school she needs to talk about that you know I get it and maybe when she's ready and she's comfortable she will but that's a lot of fucking pressure to put on a young person that's been through a lot you know, you got to give them a time to process it. And in some cases still go through it to understand what they went through to then process it, you know, and shit in some cases it could take you years. You know, I'm still processing shit from my twenties. How about that? So, you know, it's just life, you know, so you can't, it's a lot of pressure. I think that, um, we as fans, consumers, whatever the audience put on artists, you know, and then even as myself, as an artist, I put pressure on myself, too much pressure. I feel at times because I'm like, what, you know, like I asked you in this episode, what should I write about? What you're constantly thinking of what is going to be it. And you know what? I'm starting to understand and starting to learn. You got to let that go. It's not about, um, what, you know, find the formula. Cause right now, especially these day and ages, the formula is going to find me. So that's what I've come to realize that you guys take that with y'all for the night too. The formula is going to find you, whatever it is you out there trying to do, keep doing and keep working towards your goal and keep focusing and honing your skills and your passion. But the formula will find you, you know what I'm saying? Don't go out there looking for it because that's when it just gets crazy and gets messy. But yeah, man. So yeah, so that's how I feel about that. You know, I feel like, um, good music will stand the test of time. 
i.e. Bob Marley, you know, Big Daddy Kane, even Curtis One's music, you know what I'm saying? Not all of it in my opinion, but majority of it, yes, still stands the, st- the test of time. Um, then there's some stuff that don't. Like, perfect example, I believe we discussed Dipset and Versus against Jada Kiss and The Locks, and we saw how that went down. You saw how, you know, who came out as the shining MVP of that episode? Jada Kiss, because he showed that with time, he got this better, you know? And the crazy thing about it is he legit kicked everything that's been previously released and people were reacting to it like they heard it for the first time, even myself included, you know, and that shot him back up the charts, you know, standing the test of time. If you could hear it again, he'd be like, yo, that should sound, yo, that's still hot, you know? That's good stuff. So, um, that's what I'm learning, you know, moving with intention. And if we can, you know, you can microwave bake or you can put it, you can make it from scratch and put it in the oven and, you know, watch it rise and let it cool off. And, you know what I'm saying? Let you put it in the window, let it cool off like granny used to do. And then when you do enjoy that slice, it ain't going to be hard after five minutes because you microwave baked it, you know, it ain't going to be crunchy and stale. It's going to be, you know, you know, those cakes. Don't you remember back in the days, grandma's cakes, you know, this is the greedy girl in me, but you know, grandma's cakes will be on the counter for like seven days until, you know, I'm not saying like the cake was not cut, but you know what I'm talking about? That from that first slice to that last slice, and it could be all week or however long it was up there, it's soft, it's moist because, you know, granny made everything from scratch. Ain't nothing going stale because there ain't no processed ingredients, right? It's like, that's a cake that's meant to be good to the very last drop. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I call, like, you know what I'm saying? Baking it from scratch or putting it in the oven versus microwave bake where you're like, oh, I'm going to do this real quick because I, you know, this is what they want. This is, and then not really feeling yourself or finding yourself in that process. Now, let me tell you, I'm not on the soapbox because I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of not saying microwave baking shit, but being like, well, what do they want? Let me try and do, because as artists, that's what you get. Can you do it some at points in time when you're trying to find yourself, you know, but I will say I'm very excited about what I have coming next because I'm moving with intention, with an intention like I've never moved before, you know, and then I have such a humbling piece to me that, um, I don't think I've ever had before. I think it was a combination of the pandemic, a combination of losing family and friends, you know, um, in the physical as well as in just the mental and the spiritual, you know, um, just put you in a different space, you know, to kind of appreciate life differently, move differently and want to move with intention. So the songs that I am been working on, working on, it's like, um, it's going to definitely give the energy. I hope that the energy you feel in my voice, you'll be able to feel it in these songs that are coming up. Right. But at the same time, um, I'm still at the crossroads because like, as far as like, I told you obvious is my pendulum track, but, um, where do I go next? You know, where do we go next? And I think that's my thing. You know, I don't want to um think too hard because they say you think long, you think wrong. You know, I don't want to do that, but I'm going, I'm going to, I'm definitely letting the ancestors, the, powers that be above God, letting them guide me and put me on the right track. And we'll take it from there. You know, you know, but, um, yeah. So some other stuff I wanted to talk about, let me see, let me see. So we talked about the music that was cool, which I'm so happy I got it in. And I also kind of threw a little bit of me in there too. So I'm proud about that. You know, can you believe it guys? We're like legit three weeks away from Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh. Where did the year go? Where did the time go? Because I swear to you, I feel like I'm going to be back tomorrow. And then it's like so much shit happens. So much stuff I'm doing. I look up like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? I got to get busy and do some other things. So I'm definitely still trying to work on my time management and get some stuff going. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like a late individual or um, uh, untimely individual. But I have to maximize my 24 hours more than I do basically is what I'm saying. So I'm still working on that. And I am grateful for that. Um, yeah. So other than that, right, you know, I have to have a song that rounds everything up. So I'm going to say, I'm going to put up here. Ain't no half step it by big daddy Kane, because like I said, he won. And I feel like that's one of my personal favorites. I legit remember coming home from school Back in the day, watching Video Music Box. And this was like, 
elementary school or like maybe junior high school. But anyway, I was in Catholic school, so I had the uniform on. That's all I remember. And coming home, running home to watch Video Music Box, Ralph McDaniels. And when that video came on and you saw him like just looking like royalty, to me, honestly, before Wakanda, before um, maybe around coming to America times, maybe. Maybe it was after coming to America, maybe around the time. But I will say that Big Daddy Kane was one of the first ones that I seen like on the throne, like, you know what I'm saying? With the displaying royalty in their video. So ain't no half stepping. That's the joint that I'm going to play here for you at the end of this episode, because I feel it's only right. I feel like he was the one of versus in my opinion, but I also feel like it was a different big daddy Kane that we've seen. We've seen a seasoned legend. Both of them are seasoned legends, but, um, chaos wouldn't jump off the stage. You know what I'm saying? Like, and hop back on the stage. <laughs> I'm just going to say it like that. Like, he really got into his show. And to me, I thought that was really dope. So, kudos. Shout out to both of those legends. Shout out to Swiss and Timbaland once again. Because they definitely be bringing the verses. Just when I think it's like, nah, they can't, they, they can't do anything better than this. They come back. So, that's why I definitely give respect where it's due. Swiss, respect. Timbaland, respect. Yeah, I keep doing our thing. And like I said, please, someone just DM me and tell me where I can set my resume, please, and my credentials so I could get on the team. Thank you. But, um, yeah, other than that, you already know my motto. If you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. You know, now, serious business, we got to get down into it because the holidays are coming up, right? We want to know. I miss Halloween. But you know what? This year, honestly, the irony of life. I really wasn't into like Halloween this year. Yeah. Marley gets Halloween outfits every year. So that goes without say, but, um, normally I'll have like candy for the kids. And the crazy thing is I'll have a ton of candy that I'll buy for the kids, have it by the door, like ready. And it'll be like one kid that comes. Right. So I noticed that that's because, um, in the area that I live in and I don't have kids, so I didn't know they would do a lot of trunk or treats where they would, you know, have like designated areas. The kids go trick-or-treating and they go home. Right. Cool. Cool. even better so after getting a whiff of that couple of years passed and then last especially last year with the pandemic I was like saw no trick-or-treaters none 2019 I probably saw like one and I wasn't even enough you know I probably had like a, a one bag of candy like yeah take the whole bag get it be the kid but um this year my freaking door was going ham and I'm like oh my god the year that I said I'm not buying candy because no one's coming out they doing their trunk or treating stuff it was bananas and I felt so terrible. So yes, I am the house that had no candy this year for the kids. And I was like, wow, that pretty much sums up my Halloween. I really wasn't in a Halloween mood. We were doing some home improvement stuff. I did some landscaping. Well, not me personally, but shout out to the Doors Handyman out there in Plant City. They came out here and did some landscaping for me. Um, hubby and I, we went in here and we like painted a couple of rooms, like just, you know, doing some sprucing up because I am on a kick where I don't want to look at anything crazy for the holidays. I want everything nice and neat and in its place, you know? And then on my quest for, um, purging old and, you know, minimalizing and keeping things nice and neat, you know, I'm at that point again, second half of the year, I'm doing another purge of like things that, you know, do I use this? I'm touching it. Do, does it give me any energy, bit good or bad? You know, saying that type of stuff and getting rid of things, you know. So definitely doing stuff for goodwill because I always feel like giving to the less fortunate is a blessing to be able to do so because someone out there needs it more than you do, right? So share it if you can. And um, this is my time of year to do that type of stuff. So really, that's what I've been doing this weekend. Like, I haven't really been, like, in any festive moods, any parties or nothing like that. Um... But the holidays are coming. And honestly, I think that, you know, especially after the year I had, I think I do. I think I would like to party for the holidays, like go see a couple of friends. I have a couple of um DJ friends. I definitely want to see them when they come to town and hang out and see them spin some records. Um, I would love to perform again. So if you guys want to see me rock out, you know, you'll or hit me up on Gongly MC or doughrecords.com and let's make that happen. Right. But if we don't want to do it for this year, because I get it, because I'm still rounding the year up, still, you know, doing my home improvement stuff and doing what I'm doing. But I am ready for, like Freddie, for 2022. So we got to start now so we can get these bookings going, right? 
So I'm out here, holler at your girl. But if you don't feel it, that's cool because I really am so excited about what I have coming for y'all. And I just pray that the people are receptive to it. So I'm going to leave you on that note. I've been rambling for the most of this episode, so I am not going to hold you any further. Like I told you, you know my motto. If you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. Either way, it's not going to hurt me. And another thing, make sure you're out there being safe, staying safe, and treating everyone with respect. But in addition to that, you got to love yourself because you can't love me if you don't love you. You know that. You know that. So once again, I am clean over here. She can talk. You already know your resident home girl. And holla at you later. All right? But um, until next time, one love. Stay blessed. Stay safe. Peace. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, yeah. I'm with this. I'm just going to sit here and lay back to this nice mellow beat, you know, and drop some smooth lyrics. Because it's 88. Time to set it straight, you know what I'm saying? And there ain't no half-stepping. Word, I'm ready. Rappers stepping to me, they want to get some. But I'm the cane, so yo, you know the outcome. Another victory, they can't get with me. So pick a BC date, cause you're history. I'm the authentic poet to get lyrical. For you to beat me, it's gonna take a miracle. And stepping to me, yo, that's a wrong move. So what you on, Hobbs? Dope a dog food. Competition, I just devour. Like a pit bull against a chihuahua Cause when it comes to being dope, hot damn, I got it good Now let me tell you who I am The B-I-G-D-A-D-D-Y-K-A-N-E Dramatic, Asiatic, not like many, I'm different So don't compare me to another Cause they can't hang, word to the mother At least not with the principal in this pedigree So when I roll on your rappers, you better be ready To die because you're petty You're just a butter knife, I'm a machete This ain't my ginsu, wait until when you Try the front so I can chop into your body Just because you try to be basing Friday the 13th, I'ma play Jason No type of joke, that game, puzzle, or riddle The name is Big Daddy, yes, big, not little So define it, here's your walking papers Sign it and take a walk As the canes start to talk, cause
lover So when you hear a death rhyme, believe that I'm the author I grab the mic and make them seize evaporate The party people say, damn, that rapper's great The creator, conductor of poetry, etc, etc It ain't easy being me I speak clearly so you can understand Put words together like letter, man Now that's dictation, proceeding to my innovation Not like the other MCs that are an imitation Or an animation, a cartoon to me But when I'm finished, I'm sure that you are soon to see reality My secret technique, because I always speak with mentality I put my title in your face, dare you to face it If you try to come get it, yo, I'ma show you who's winning So if you know like I know, instead of messing around Play like Roy Rogers and slow, slow down. down Just give yourself a break Or someone else to take your title Namely me, because I'm homicidal That means murder You sound like the herder Another MC To try to get with me I'll just break them and make them and rake them And take them and mold them and make them Hold up the peace sign Oshawa, I'm a lady.